2: Black Friday shopping was mid, meh, and just a bit down this year, but we did get to talk tech to the elders over the holiday. Buying real estate together in groups with friends, family, and even a few strangers may have gotten just a bit easier. The NNPA and Digital Mind State team up to bring Tech This Out news to a network of over 230 black-owned newspapers that engage an audience of 43 million people per week. And is the payday for black creators finally here? We discuss all this and more in Episode 12 of the Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood.
0: And coming out of Philly, it's your girl Tech Like Steph.
1: And yo, out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, aka Brother Tech, aka Congested, because I'm just now coming over <laughs> a cold. So if I sound all goofy, uh, like a- uh, a- chalk a- it up to yeah. the yeah, chalk it up to the coming over a cold, my. 11-year-old brought home something and then gave it to my son, my youngest son. And I thought I escaped, but he gave it to me. So I've been on the couch all weekend long in between eating turkey, coughing and hacking and snotting. (laughs) So that's one thing
2: that I I love about my children being older. Like my youngest is about to graduate high school. So if they sick or if, if my wife or I get sick, they just completely ghost you. You don't see them. And uh it reminds me a a really, really close friend of mine. In fact, we don't even call each other friends. He's like a brother to me. Um, he actually caught COVID. Unfortunately, he's okay. He was vaccinated, but um, but he got it. And there were times when it's like, is our son in the house? Because he like just ghosted his parents. It's like the only time you would hear um his son is like when he was literally hitting their second floor and then exiting. it like my I I know how my nephew is. He probably was holding his breath with a can of Lysol in front of him as he walked from, you know, where he was in the house, you know, t- to get out. So, um, so yes, when, when they get older, it's a little easier to not catch whatever it is they have. But Hey, uh, you know,
1: yeah. When you, when they're young, you're going to catch it. Yeah. That's all there's to it. Cause you know, they want to give you hugs and high fives and, Got to make sure you wash their hands, and you got to go in there with them to wash their hands, and you make their food, yeah. and it's just contagious. So speaking it's of food, just, we just had a little holiday. Here. <laughs> <laughs> we just had a holiday.
2: Nice. How was y'all's Thanksgiving? I, we, we'll, we'll get to Tech eventually, but we got to ask how the
1: holiday was. Well, you know how mine was. <laughs>
0: yeah, Thanksgiving was yeah. good. It's funny. Um, we uh, It's just me and my mom here uh, in Philly. Uh, she lives with me, and we... We're being a little—I won't call it lazy, but just a little self-care, a little me time. Didn't nobody want to do a whole, whole bunch of cooking on Thursday? So we ordered. We got the, this Thanksgiving dinner to go from this restaurant that just was not great. Um, mm. I mean, it was I, right, but it was just—it wasn't the same. Uh, but we actually cooked today. This was our day to make our food, mm-hmm. and I'm—and I actually ate right before we started recording this. Uh, Podcast. I was like, let me eat before, because usually I on Mondays when we when we record on Mondays, I usually wait to eat um dinner after we finish up. But I was like, you know what? I'm a little hungry right now. I don't want my stomach grumbling on the mic as we're doing things. So I was like, I'll eat real. Quick. And it was just like, ah, oh, your own food. There's
1: nothing <laughs>
0: like in the world, especially around food. now. It's, you
1: know, any other time, you know, Fourth of July, you know, New Year's things like that. You you may Memorial Day. You may you know eat out or whatever the case may be with thanksgiving and it ain't the same
0: and i will say i tried a new mac and cheese recipe that was actually bomb af like just it cut out a lot of the other steps that i used to do um and just really made it real simple but it was so good and creamy and flavor uh shout out to tiktok i found it on this brother's uh, tick tock i can't even remember his name right now but um i saved it specifically because i was like i'm gonna make this and uh and it was actually really really good so yep. yeah yeah i, I got a- the mac and cheese at the next cookout oh
2: yeah i am a connoisseur mm-hmm. of mac and cheese i love that stuff it's delicious but this is a tech story related to uh thanksgiving terrence you've probably heard or read part of this but i want to ask a question or just or just tell a little story so one of my um aunties um who is fairly computer savvy i mean she knows how to get on log on get to the sites that she wants to get to purchase online do all like all that kind of stuff but she decided that what would be really really cool for the family um because you know they they like you know my family like they like getting around and looking at uh, photo albums and all that kind of stuff and just going back and looking at all the stuff that they have polaroids for so she decided that you know what we're going to do you know what would be good stocking stuffers is that we're going to burn CDs and DVDs of all the pictures (laughs) (laughs) that you could find. So of course, when uh, I am around any of my family, number one, I'm the oldest uh, cousin of, of the group. Um, Number two, I'm the guy who went into tech. So I'm always going to be the tech guy, no matter what, you know, what it is. So I am now the one who has to explain to my auntie why, burning dvds with pictures on them <laughs> is um no longer a thing um that we do and you know we just had to show us like you know well it, it's rare to find a computer with a cd or dvd player in it anymore it's like mm-hmm. they really don't yeah, put right. them in there like that anymore yeah. so Ooh. that's problem number one then it's two. it's so easy to do stuff with uh you know, just, just do it in the cloud, whether you, you know, I am a huge fan of Google photos. I have, um, you know, I, I have uh, been touting, you know, Google photos just to make things easier for this. I know that there are other reasons why maybe you shouldn't use it. Um, but when it just comes to the ease of use and anyone who has access to, you know, some type of internet connectivity can use it. Uh, you know, so we had to get her up on that. And uh, what was, what was great about the conversation, it didn't take, that long. It, w- it was maybe a half hour because, like I said, she is someone who she uses a computer. And uh, so she's like, oh, OK, that that actually makes sense. And it's, it's, it's easier and it's cheaper. But, you know, if I juxtapose her with other family members, um, then you would have to explain that, well, if you take the picture on your phone, you can still look it at it on your computer. It was not one of those kind of conversations because I've I've had that before to where it doesn't matter if you take it on your phone. You can still look at the pictures on the computer or if the pictures are on the computer, you can still look at them on
1: your phone. So well, surprisingly, yeah. most people um, flip through their photos on their phone. You may share photo mm-hmm. albums. You may upload them like we use. Um, I use Apple photos. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I just have a I call it family in them of shared photo album to where I share that to my brother, my sister, my mother, my father, my aunts, my uncles, anybody that has an iPhone or has an iPad, you know, I share the link out to them and then they can view them. But it really isn't the same, which is probably where your aunt was trying to get Mm -hmm. with the stocking stuffers. She was trying to hand them something versus saying, oh, check out this link. And then you kind of you may look at it. Merry or you may Christmas. Here we
0: right. link. Right. right, right, right. It's
1: not the same, right? So there, but there are some apps and there's some services out there that'll let you upload photos. I know photo um Apple Photos does it natively. You can actually create a photo album and upload your pictures. You can arrange them in the book. You can make a, get a book cover. You can put, you know, little messages in the book. But I'm pretty sure there are apps and services out there that will enable you to upload photos print out a little photo album maybe about you know not oh, even yeah. big as a book mm-hmm. and you use that as a stocking stuffer
0: Definitely I think that would be yeah just to right. give people a physical thing I mm, think right. I'm not sure if Snapfish is still in business but they were really good at that mm-hmm. um but yeah there's there's a ton of those kind of things there.
2: Yeah like I like I, I, didn't, a like cool I Google Photos is the one that I went with it does have that but it was just it's just interesting you know to to have conversations with folks who are you know, in their 70s or older Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. they're getting Mm -hmm. down with technology. Like I said, this was this was a conversation where it could have went south real fast. It did not. It's like, yeah, Hmm. she's like, nephew, that actually makes a lot of sense. It's like because, you know, like I use my iPad more than I use a computer. I'm going to put a CD or DVD in there. So she she got why that wasn't the, uh, you know, the greatest thing. And uh and Terrence, you know, to your point, that actually might be, you know, I, I might have to holler at them at Christmas to say, hey, you know, use this service, I'll research it, we'll come up with one. Or if any yeah, listeners, photo
0: album. you can't go yeah, bad with a good yeah,
2: photo album. Right, right. Um, so with it being Thanksgiving, let's let's continue on that track. Uh um Black Friday, Cyber Monday, y'all get any good stuff? Uh
1: it was kind of as the kids would say nowadays, uh Black Friday was kind of mid. Ain't that ain't that how they use it? Yeah. using it. M- Matt. Matt, no, I've heard mm-hmm. it say mid. I've heard M.I.D.
0: I meant to look oh, at okay.
1: mid as in oh, high, oh, okay. high, 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 mid, low. Like, right, yeah, like average. yeah. 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 Okay. Especially, that's especially. What the with,
0: saying? Yeah. That's what, that's what the
1: young folks are saying. <laughs> it was mid this year. um But uh, especially with Apple, they some busters when it comes to yeah, Black, they don't Black Friday deals. Yeah. They, don't they offer a deal, but it's like you buy something, get a gift card that you can use toward the purchase of something else. Wow. Well, that's I, I'm, Buying the thing that I want the deal on. Right. I don't want to buy the thing just to try to get a deal on something else. You know, so uh, Apple is kind of a letdown when it comes to Black Friday. Um, you know, one of the popular, not the popular things, probably what is becoming even more mainstream now is buy black on Black Friday. So mm. bought a couple of hoodies, bought a couple t shirts, mm-hmm. uh, bought some. Uh, my wife's birthday is coming up next week uh so i got her some items cross some items off her list make sure they was buy black so i did some of that and then uh bought a treadmill for for black friday so with me and my wife researches so uh we're gonna uh, amp up these new year's resolutions
0: now all you gotta do
1: is use it now all you gotta do is <laughs> use it which is that ain't even paying you know upwards of a thousand plus dollars for a treadmill mm-hmm. ain't the hard part the hard part is using that on, not letting it
0: come, become uh that that valet towel rack, in your, yeah, towel the, rack. very expensive <laughs> towel and dirty clothes right. hanger in, in the
2: room. <laughs> yeah I'd like i didn't enough.
0: buy much of anything um i'm not a big black friday shopper um i was never that person that was going to be somewhere at 3 a.m and you know trying to get the deal the door buster deal or whatever um i did actually patronize a couple small black owned businesses i wasn't even thinking that you know oh it's black friday let me buy you know black or whatever um they they just that's when I wanted to buy some stuff so I just kind of bought it um but yeah I didn't I didn't do a whole lot it was it was funny though that you know uh we we talked about or we're going to talk about how online spending decreased because there were um two million more people shopping this season um than last season so the idea that we spent less money is, is really interesting.
2: Yeah. The, uh, the, you know good, good segue to that because, uh, I think it, it wasn't much less, um, in, in the grand scheme of things. Um, but yeah, we actually spent less and this is the first time in history that, uh, a black Friday, we actually spent less as Americans than we did the previous, uh, you know, black Friday. Um, so that was, uh, you know, of, of note and I'm wondering why, and, you know, I think,
0: People, they really pushed that supply chain panic on people. And, and granted, there is a supply chain issue. Don't get me wrong. But the idea that you better get it early was was pushed very, and still is being pushed, but, you know, was pushed to the point where even back in, you know, August, September timeframe, they were like, if you see something, you better get it now. You better get it now. So I think a lot of people probably were um, a lot more proactive this year, um, just because they didn't think they would be able to get something by this time.
2: Yeah, because I'm pretty sure Black Friday sales actually started around Thanksgiving, not Thanksgiving, but around Easter earlier this year. I mean, because it's, mm-hmm. it's, I, I can't remember not seeing stuff for sale for Christmas, going back to when I was still wearing shorts and, you know, and, and T-shirts outside. And, you know, that not that that was that long ago, but it just seems like we've been in this cycle forever. The other thing, and I haven't read news on this. This is just what a Rob thinks, but I think stimulus works. Um, we had a lot of folks that got a lot of stimulus payments. Um, you know, last year, the reason that those were put out is because ultimately the government wanted people to use that money uh, to buy things to continue uh, their normal habits, which, which is a
1: crazy concept. Yeah. I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah. They, they, we need to stimulate the economy. So instead of stop letting the billionaires with these tax loopholes right? so right. you can get more money to stimulate the economy. Here you go passing out chump change to the small folks, the middle, lower income, you know, general population, you know, and, and, and expect them, hey, we need y'all to stimulate the economy. But then these millionaires and billionaires over here, it's like, hey, you know, sh- uh, we'll you know we'll do what we can to let y'all you know trickle oh, yeah, down. You do was
0: pay everybody fifteen dollars an hour, and <clears> the <throat> economy be stimulated as a whole. Like, right, you know? right. like, yeah, like, like just pay people. That's all.
1: Pay but that's people. a con- that's a conversation for
2: another day. Right. So, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> that being said. I think that it worked. And and the fact that, you know, that was year one of the pandemic when nobody was going to the stores. I mean, everybody was was sitting at the crib. So when they got the opportunity to see all of the online sales and stuff, because that's, you know, that is basically the way we did stuff last year was everything was purchased online. Um, I think that uh, that was maybe, you know, maybe we did a little better than we probably normally would have done just because there was so much online purchasing. And I think that now we're back into a mode of people are actually going into the stores, but still not to the level that um, they used to. So folks aren't necessarily going overboard on buying because they've been able to buy stuff, been able to go into stores all year, but they're still saying, you know, it's kind of nice buying stuff online. And I think one of the things you miss out on when you do, um, like, if you're like me, I don't plan on stepping in any store that the primary purpose of that store is like hardware or food, Um, you know, I- until probably February. I just, I don't like being in stores like that. I don't like being in crowds like that. So everything I'm doing is online. But what I notice is that when I, you know, when I would go to the store, they always catch you with that, you know, you, you get this thing, but you know, you know, um, you know, this is stemming from what my mother used to do. I see something that I know somebody wants. Hey, you want me to pick this up? Uh, that doesn't really happen too much online. You just go and get what you get. So I wonder if there's any, you know, correlation. Once again, like I said, I'm not looking at any numbers or anything to say. And this is just what Rob thinks. I just think that so many people are buying online those extraneous things that you get. Um, you know, would you like fries with that? Isn't necessarily happen. I know that we try <laughs> to upsell do that. On, yeah, on the internet, we, we, you know, they they do do it. You know, I, you know, I, you know, I've I've built Shopify stores that you actually try to upsell. It just, I just don't think that it works quite as well online as it does when you're in the store and you got a human right there talking with you. So, like I said, numbers didn't, you know, weren't missed significantly. I think we were only a hundred, only only a hundred million off where we were uh, last year. But uh, that that is an interesting trend, um, just because uh, you know it, it is the biggest shopping day of the year. Um, you know, a lot of businesses, you know, this is where they make their money. Twenty percent of their money comes from literally, uh, you know, the week around Thanksgiving.
0: Well, we'll just say everybody should do their best to support a small business in mm-hmm. their area.
2: So uh, I'm not even sure who put this in. Um, you know, who put this story in about the fractional startup? That raised five hundred million.
1: Oh, I put that in there.
2: Okay, um, so let, let's talk about this. I'll let you go ahead and tell uh, you know what the story well, is.
1: Well, you know when we when we linked up in Atlanta, we kind of had a dinner. We kind of talked about real estate investing. So I know most of us here are into real estate investing. I personally am in a real estate investing group to where we have all ponied up money in order to buy multi-family properties. But it's real, not archaic is not the right word. But, you know, it's really there's no tech to it, you know, outside of opening a bank account, you know, it's traditional old real estate. You know, we've all signed an agreement to say, hey, we're going to invest this much. And these are the type of properties we're looking for, you know, and then it's up to everybody kind of go out and kind of find these properties. Right. Well, the reason why this piqued my interest, because it actually may possibly serve my specific uh, use case, is because Fractional is a startup company uh, they've raised a bunch of money to the tune of five point 5. five million. Five
0: point five million. Yeah, five hundred million. million is a is a type. Oh of yeah, okay, yeah, there.
1: five point five million to uh, let friends and strangers invest in real estate together. So uh, a a a couple, not a couple, but a you know a pair of people who work for a firm, which is the buy now, pay later. To where you can go online, you can buy something, go to their site, and you can pay for it later. They have decided to break away from a firm. Start this, uh, startup called fractional. And basically what you do is it makes it technical, you know, it adds tech flavor to going in with somebody to actually buy property. So if you got five on it, you, and your homies, you <laughs> can, uh, pony up, go to fractional.com. Um, and it takes all of the, 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 the legwork out of, um, you know, getting together to start re- real estate, making taxes easier making finding finding property easier creating all the operating agreements you know that you would think of when you when you're going in up with a partner to uh invest in property so you know i just wanted to put that out there and then get your you know get your takes on you know with something like this work you know or are people still kind of used to doing it the or more accustomed to doing something on this scale the the the, the old school way by making sure you know you can you know, sign papers and fax papers and email papers, or would something like this actually be a use case for everybody that's seemingly now getting into real estate?
0: I looked at this and I and I and I had some thoughts. I wrote some okay. notes down, Derek, right. um, because, because they they talk about the the three step process that they mm-hmm. facilitate for. Uh, people in, in, in interested in investing in real estate. The first part was to um, matching the groups together to start the underwriting process. And mm-hmm. you know, for anybody that doesn't know, the underwriting process is the process that the mortgage com- mortgage company uses to determine your credit worthiness. Like, if how likely are you to be able to get a mortgage? So you know, they're they're bringing these groups together based on that. And 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 I could see that uh, maybe working out a little bit easier when it's a group that is already a group of friends, you know, people, Mm -hmm. known people. But when you're talking about a group of strangers, how does that get facilitated? And now are we in in a position now where we all got to give our social security numbers because we all need our credit scores and we all need bank statements? And that's a lot of information, I feel like, to give over to a company like this to, to, to execute that process. The second thing they do is facilitate the purchase, obviously. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, is that something where they're presenting you with properties that you can either say yes or no to, or are they actually going out and finding the properties and you kind of have to take it or leave it and say, we like this one, we'll we'll invest. We don't like this one, we won't invest. Are we trusting them um, to know? neighborhoods and regions and 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 demographics and and all of the information around what a property in your area that you would be interested in investing in would look like um b- based on the fact that they're out in california um and then the third part is that they property with partner with property managers to you know help run the property once you have it so this this is all basically assuming you want to be somebody's landlord mm-hmm. and want to be a part of that process, you know, forever, you know, getting that passive income from being a landlord. And I don't know that that's everybody's bag necessarily. Um, so there were a couple of different things there that I was kind of like, eh, is that is that sustainable and scalable? I'm, I'm not sure. Um, what if somebody in your group didn't qualify uh, in the underwriting process? Do they get dropped and, and not get to take advantage of the opportunity? Like, how's that going to work? Um, and again, the, the, the amount of data they would need to to handle all of that on your behalf.
1: Right. And
0: I would be willing to give that up.
1: Right. And the amount of things that they're doing. They're helping you find properties. Right. They're linking people together. They give me it's property like it's management. A, it's a lot. They give me real estate suggestions. It's like right. all, that's of all a lot. kind of stuff. <laughs>
0: right. And
1: right, so right.
0: I I I'm doing two different things around real estate. I, I have invested in a group. Um, it's a local group here in, in Philadelphia, a young woman, actually, a young sister that has a, a construction company as well as a real estate company. And they go out and find, they buy the land they get the land zoned for commercial use or mixed use or whatever use they, they do all of the um, stuff you have to do down at city hall, you know, with the, with the permits and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you can either stay on, you know, cause they end up, they, they either flip the land. So once mm-hmm. they've zoned it and graded it and got the engineer's report on the soil and all that other stuff, they either sell the land to a bigger developer um, and flip the land. And then you can cash out your investment at that point. Or if they're keeping the land, you can stay invested while they develop, like, like I said, a mixed use property, like stores on the bottom and apartments up top or something like that. And then still be a partner in that process and either cash out after that or continue to get passive income from that. So I like that because all I had to do was cut a check. You know, Mm -hmm. I I don't Mm -hmm. have to think about Mm -hmm. anything else. Like Mm -hmm. I'll cut a check. And then in a couple years, you know your money will mature to where you're getting two or three times your investment, and you just right. get that back, and you do whatever. And I, the other thing I do is invest in REITs, which are real estate investment trusts. So R E I T, mm-hmm. and they are basically just um, mechanisms where, like hotels per se, like hotels rent, like hotels don't own their, the land that they sit on, they rent. So somebody might have a real estate investment trust of all hotels that you now invest in, but then you get that dividend from when they pay that rent. And you know, the more you invest, obviously, the the more uh, dividend you can get, which can also become uh, a passive stream of income if you got enough money in there. So those are like, when it comes to real estate, I prefer to be as hands-off as possible. Even though I am a landlord, I actually am a landlord, but it's just to one person who lives underneath me right now. And you know, I don't have to do a ton because the building's in Mm -hmm. good shape, so I don't do a ton of repairs. But the idea that I would want to get into, like I said, that type of situation, you know, with a bunch of other people
2: and my daughter.
0: I'm just like, I don't know if I'm doing all that. Right. So, so right. I
2: when I when I looked at this, I initially thought a couple of things. Number one, I thought, is this kinda like a re I mean it it, it kinda seems like that it a, a little bit. Until they it's, put
0: the property management piece in there.
2: Exactly. That part made me think, it's like, okay, is this like a high-tech new way to do um, like mortgage brokering or something like that to where you basically, uh, you, you, you found a property that somebody wants to just get rid of. You also have someone or a group who wants to buy, um, uh, potentially develop and do stuff. Is this a service that's going to hook those groups up together, um, with software? Um, so I don't, you know, I don't want to initially say that, oh, I'm, I'm not interested in this. I am interested in it. Um, not necessarily ready to invest yet, but, uh, I'd like to see how this works because I'm like you, Stephanie, from a, you know, I don't want to do the property management. I, I want to, here's a check. Give me checks, you know, um, you know, every, every month. Um, and that's all that I, that's all that I want to, you know, really have to worry about. And I wonder if this helps you get towards that. Now, the downsides that I can see, and they actually pointed this out in an article as well is that um you know what happens when you know you've bought this property, let's say you do it with uh four or five family members, and now one family member life changes. I now want to get out or yeah. or you know I don't want to put a new furnace system in um i'm not you know i'm I'm not necessarily wanting to do that. How do those things get expressed you know how how are they addressed uh right. you know what does the language look like because there's got you know, you know there's got to be some type of contract, you know, in place. If you are right. going to be renting stuff out to people, you have to make sure that you're maintaining, um, you know, those properties. So is all of that going to come out of the profit margin? I mean, I'm
1: assuming that it would, But how, how does that actually look? Uh, right. So uh, well, I would assume. Well, not I would assume the way I would use this is I would just use this for the sole purpose of organizing everything. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily using real not using a property management services, probably not using it to actually find property or anything like that. Just use to say all right, me, us three. we've decided to buy a property. We've already found the property. we've already made the agreement as to what shares that we're going to invest and what percentages we're going to get back. We've already identified a property manager. We just need an official, technological way to organize this process. I can see it us be, right to get it done yes. to where we all know what the documentation is, you know, we all know how everything is laid out and then if we have any questions, we can use this and immediately refer to this to get any questions answered but still rely on us as far as the back end for property management for finding the property. You know, and deciding, and see
0: now he- you're you're cutting into their profit that way. Right, I'm sure uh, their agreement right. and the, that they have with these other entities is mm-hmm. how they're gonna make their money.
1: You know,
0: plus the percentage of our processing, you know, some processing right. fee for our stuff. But you know, they're gonna have an agreement with a, with a mortgage company, with an underwriter, with a property manager, with a real estate company mm-hmm. in in every area. So you know, I can see that being maybe the the 2.0 version where you mm-hmm. get to sort of pick and choose the services you want them to facilitate for you. Um, right. But right now I see it as all or nothing, honestly. Right. I can't I see you. splitting up all those little pieces for people right now right. Um, because it just wouldn't make sense because there's probably, you know, entities that already do that kind of thing individually. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think the fact that they're aggregating all of these things together is probably their hook. Um, Right now. So like, you know, like I said, 2.0, you can you can just do this piece or just do that piece. But I I have a feeling right now they would want you to kind of go all through all three of those steps with them. Um, uh-huh. in order to make it make sense. I was right. also looking at their valuation and it seemed a bit high um,
1: based well on it doesn't everything based yeah, on the fact
0: that it's still in beta and you only got like you got 400, 400. listed people who ain't even using it for real for real yet you know I'm like that sounds like the valley
2: <laughs> oh it, it it definitely sounds like that but
0: I was just like okay bet
1: it is interesting it is, interesting. Nice. It, it is absolutely an interesting idea.
0: Seven figure valuation at all, you know. We got, we, like, got a, we got a we got crowd
1: crowdfund and use all these other okay, crowd fund and stuff, no you know. Kind of
0: evaluations, but they getting 30 out the gate. Uh,
1: you know I'm how saying, it okay, is, but you, know, you know how it is. I know how it is because <laughs> I saw
0: how it was with Clubhouse, but we ain't gonna talk about that.
1: It's that time of the year, your
0: vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze
2: Do you think you could use this service to buy virtual
1: real estate? Uh, <laughs> no, but <laughs> that virtual uh, come Man, on, I now. saw that
0: and I was like, "What?" Um, but
1: but you know what, people, and not to cut you off, um, but people people have realized, okay, I need to be on the ground floor. Of the next of stuff. thing. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Just
1: looking at history. Yep. I, missed, I missed Google.
0: I missed <laughs> Apple.
1: I missed Netflix. You know, I, I may have missed Coinbase and crypto. Next thing, what's the metaverse?
0: Metaverse. Whatever it is, I'm in it. I'm I'm diving in. in. I'm in. And (laughs) and this company, there is a company in Canada. It's called tokens.com. They are a Canadian investment firm. They paid uh, roughly $2.5 million Million. to buy virtual real estate on Decentraland. It's a blockchain based metaverse. So it's its own metaverse. They bought a uh, 116 parcel. A piece of real estate, which which roughly translates to six thousand ninety square feet of land, and they're going to use it uh, on the on it was on Decentraland's Fashion Street or something. So they're going to use it for digital fashion shows and um, e-commerce for brands and stuff like that. Uh, But this is yeah, like you said, this is the ground floor of what this whole metaverse thing is is going to be, and and you know they. They bought it for 2.5. They probably going to sell it for 10. You know, once this whole metaverse thing really gets ramped up. And now I think with this purchase, we can see why Facebook and other companies are trying so hard to be the metaverse for cool. their particular area because now, you know, they're gonna be selling land, digital land, they're gonna be renting out digital real estate space. If you wanna be a part of a particular metaverse, you're gonna have to pay to play. So the the opportunities are really endless and limitless. Um I'm mad that it already cost two point five million dollars to to get in the game. six thousand square <laughs> feet. Yeah, is that what you saying? So- Yeah square yeah. feet that's how much it translates to and like Real, um, you know, real estate or whatever, but it's oh. like, you know, it, it 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 has begun. The metaverse oh. has begun, and and you know, I guess we all better just get on board.
2: So, you know, my questions for decentraling because they've been around for a while. This is not like a new, mm. you know, a, a new place. You've been able to go and do these type of you things. This is just in. this is just the biggest <laughs> uh, purchase of a virtual real estate uh, to date that we you know that we're aware of. But, um, you know, so what is their plan? Are they going to put this on, on the metaverse? Uh, you know, are they going to compete against the metaverse? You know, how is all this going to work? Because 2.5 million, but if Facebook just, they they just got the, you know, the, the Facebook thing is just perfect and everybody goes there and you're not there how quickly does the two and a half million um that you put there just dissipate and go to nothing because Not no one is on nope. your platform. They're now in this other platform. Um so Yeah. That's I- gonna
0: be the thing. Because I think Facebook is gonna kill the game, you know, unless Apple gets really, you know, and I and I read something recently about Apple and, and AR, and ARVR, you know, their headset was coming or something like that. But, you know, I think this 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 sort of wild, wild west. Ragged, you know, gold rush race mm-hmm. to, to be the first metaverse platform or, or the most popular metaverse platform is is real. Um, and, and these folks out here are getting ready.
2: So you got that right. Yeah. I know someone very, very well that they put themselves through grad school by farming. And, and basically they started a company that farmed. Um, I think the game was called Second Life. Mm -hmm. And they were old school, old school. Second life has been around for forever. Um, It's been around for quite, you know, for quite a while. But, um, you know, this person, uh, they were living in Japan and they speak fluent Japanese and fluent English, um, you know, and because of that, they were able to actually find uh, basically kids who were just living in this game. They could speak, you know, Japanese to them, but then turn around and very easily have conversations with folks in English who, OK, I want to buy a store or I want to buy this farm. or I want to do that. And, you know, eventually what they ended up doing is having like a small company of about six or seven folks to where this is what they did. They literally were just farmers inside of this game and they were paying for grad school. And I'm like, that's that's actually kind of impressive. So and this is this is going back probably 10 10, 11 years ago. So this is not a new thing. So I definitely think that virtual real estate is a thing, and it is going to take off. I don't know so that I'm ready to get, to get there, and,
0: there yet. And, pull, and put together a little virtual it, real estate. We, we, we might <laughs> two, three of us. Y'all got five on on some on some meta <laughs>
2: some, some property and meta. <laughs> it's you know, um, it, I'm I'm just thinking of all, of all the ways. It's like you know, if, if this is a thing, if there are people there. And you know what? If people are there, stores are going to want to be where the people are. Right. Uh, and if stores are where the people are, then, you know, well, if I'm in, you know, if I'm off in this part of a country that nobody can find me, as compared to being on what sounded like it was, you know, you know, Park Avenue or something like that inside of Decentraland. If you're right there in the middle of things, people are going to be, oh wow, there, there's a sale at this particular store. There's, a, uh, let me go check this out. Let me walk in see, you know, see what's going on in there. It's no, it, well, it's it's very different than what's happening in the real world, but it's very but it's similar. All, no different. It's yeah, it's very similar <laughs> very to what's happening no in the real which, world.
1: At
0: so, end of the day, you just try to yeah. sell somebody something.
1: Which which um which is kind of my. Knock, personal knock against virtual reality. When I play games, I go play games to escape the real world. Mm-hmm. So I may play, you know, some military game. I'm big on Call of Duty. I ain't in the military. I ain't in the shape to be in the military. I ain't thought <laughs> ain't once about to be going in nobody's to. nobody's war. <laughs> but right, exactly. But you know, I can see the uh, appeal to wanting to play. Uh, military because for me it, I, I get to escape for, it's so far removed from my regular life mm-hmm. that I use it as an escape it sounds like the way this is set up the way this could be going is like you know and then even take the movie uh, Re- Ready Player One is my all mm-hmm. my reference for like the metaverse right it's like people go there to actually live and it's like I don't I don't I live here <laughs> yeah. now in, in reality <laughs> Well, what I, I don't I, you're right I don't get the the, the appeal yet now no, you could change my mind anyway, man. right right like <laughs> I said you know uh, I don't get the appeal yet but you know I, I'm still waiting for that light bulb moment to be like oh okay that makes sense because again like I said I go to escape I don't want to well, go why, then- why
0: does anybody play Sims Aren't you just yeah, doing sure. regular, regular mm-hmm. ass stuff that you would do in, in real life? <laughs> I, I guess mean, so. I've never played because I've I, li- I, I like to just live my life. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, no, just no, no shade against anybody who wants to play Sims. But like, what is the allure of right. that when you're literally just doing all the same regular stuff you do in real life? Get like,
1: a job and decorate yeah. your house. Yeah, and I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I
2: used <laughs> to work. With a guy who was really into the game EverQuest. Once again, this is back in the day. We have to, you know, we got to go back to like maybe late nineties early, early 2000s. He was really into the game EverQuest right here in central Ohio. Met his now wife. They've been married for 15, 16 years. Who's from, um, where's, not Norway, Iceland playing this game to where they met in the game, formed a relationship. To the point to where he decided, I'm going to go take a vacation to Iceland and meet this person, and then she would take vacations to the states, and they did that for a couple of years, and now they're like they're married 15, 16 years, you know, with kids. They actually met in this world, and 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 you know, so I don't want to say that they were escaping life, but they built the life based off of what they were doing in there. So
1: I get it, I get it, I just don't
2: see. Depends
0: on like what, um. How "quote unquote" real this metaverse is supposed to be? Right. You know, is this just a, a replica of life in a virtual space, or is it an actual getaway and escape? So you can you can look better, you know, or you can look however you want, and you can you Pretty know your avatar can do whatever you want, and you can mm-hmm. you know you, where you live can look like whatever it wants. But all that stuff is probably going to come with a cost. That's the thing. It's like you're going to be in this metaverse and to have this fabulous apartment that you don't really have in real life. That's probably going to be a skin that's going to cost some money, you know, and to and to and to do all the things you, you want to do and interact with the people you want to interact with. It's probably going to cost you some money. So it, it'll be it'll be really interesting to, to see how this all comes together. I'm, I'm, I'm watching it closely.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I am. I'm not sold yet, but this is a thing. Um, it's not, is it going to be yeah. a, thing? It, it, it a thing? It is a uh, thing. This is not going yet. anywhere. And, you know, the last thing I'll say on this is that I don't even have to look at the metaverse as a place to escape. I'll look at it like it is now my Internet browser. Instead of me actually just going and looking at a screen, I'm putting on some goggles and I look left and I look right and I move my mouse forward and I'm physically moving through a world. Right. And when I am searching for the new television in six, seven years on, uh, you know, on Black Friday, I might be doing that inside of metaverse now. And, you know so if you have a store that is going to catch me there's like a a best buy with a big blinking sign saying we have TVs on sale <laughs> that might just be the joint that you go to um so i can absolutely see it like i said but am i ready to invest in it quite yet not, not 2.5 mil i'm in the midwest I mean, 2.5 mil will 2. get you 5, a nice cream. i'm
0: saying i might have a
2: on it <laughs> <laughs> like i said, we got we got to get a fractional type situation I got for a, uh know what on it, you know right. <laughs> So this next story that we're going to talk about, guys, is uh, one that it actually—I had smiles all over myself when I was, uh, you know, looking at this one. Um, the National Newspaper Publishers Association, basically the the NNPA, which is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, conglomerate of uh, black-owned newspapers across the country, they are teaming up with, uh, you know, with Digital Mind State to deliver tech this out news. Um, and they're going to be able to deliver this to, uh, what is it? 47 million African Americans. Um, and this is like a right now thing. They're putting this in, in place just in time for the holidays. So I wanted to get your take on this because, you know, we, we are the black media. We are definitely tech. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on this?
0: I'll be curious to see how this plays out because I actually write a monthly tech column for one of the newspapers in. Um, this association, the Philadelphia Tribune. Um, And I feel like actually recently I've seen that article propagated across, you know, multiple platforms beyond just the newspaper's website um you know and i'm not i probably need to find out how y'all distributing my content um <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be interesting to to see you know how content can get propagated you know with this partnership using, using these platforms and things like that so yeah i mean anything that that we can do to you know buttress our platforms and and make them you know more self-sustaining and and grow them um scale them up you know it, it's never a bad thing so it's all good
1: yeah i mean to this scale nothing's been done for black tech you know as far black as yeah you know, that's what i was gonna Together, say as far as, journal, yeah. as far as journalistic is concerned you know mm-hmm. um nothing to this scale like i said so it's a first for everything you know definitely you know uh like we mentioned you know we'll be paying attention to this to see how it how it uh turns out to see how you know like 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 you mentioned how we can contribute or you know um benefit as well so you know definitely looking forward to it
2: yeah like i said i you know i saw this and you know we were just talking in a, in a previous show last week or week before about how um african americans um when it comes to podcast listening um in particular tech is not on the list Right. So, like, so this made me smile. So, okay, you know, he, he, here's here's another thing that can help that, uh, you and know, it, help get it, folks that look like us to talk about stuff that we talk about.
0: And I, I it, it's funny, you know, not I don't want to dive back into that conversation, but mm. I think you know part of that is I don't want people to think that because tech podcasts aren't popping that mm. black people don't aren't into tech because like black people are into tech. We you know, absolutely we, are. We live it. We breathe it. You know, even beyond just being the content creators that are making up the cool TikTok dances, you know, we are we are definitely uh, a, a you know market piece of of this whole you know economy. So um, it, I think this would do a lot to just bring that to light for for everybody, basically to see that yes, black folks. Do like tech and are into tech, and we do do tech. Um, I hopefully this will be a vehicle to really shine that spotlight on on that whole idea.
2: I'm, I'm hoping so because 230 uh newspapers, mm-hmm. um, 47 mm-hmm. million, um, uh, you know, people that, that 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 is a heck of a reach. Um, you know, for 47 million anything is a whole lot of stuff. So, That's right. um, I am just I'm just hoping uh, that this uh, you know, that this works out for them um i'm really interested to see um you know how this goes but you you actually i'm I to use that as a segue into our main story um about uh you know paydays for black creators uh you know are we there yet so uh why don't we go ahead and talk about what's happening on on platforms like tidal
0: yeah so uh you know i it, it's funny cuz You know, if you if you look at the at the DEI space right now, the diversity, equity and inclusion space right now, like currently I have a lot of friends in DEI and doing DEI work. um, And they'll tell you like folks was hype last summer, you know, when George Floyd went down and everybody was trying to be, you know, pro black and woke. And, you know, how can I be an ally and, and all the rest of that? You know, and it was it was real, real popping. Um, you know, back when 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 protests were in your face, you know, every other day, and and things like that. Uh, but you ask a DEI professional today, you know, what all those commitments that those companies made, and we stand by our employees, and Black Lives really do matter, and yada yada yada. You know, they was they was all on soapboxes, you know, last summer. But you know, if you ask a, a Black DEI professional today you know what that landscape looks like and it's going to be a different story you know what i mean i won't say that it that they that companies have completely turned their back on on that whole idea but it's gonna be a different story you know what i mean so you know i hope that this is not treated the same way because right now there is a lot getting done so triller which is uh, uh like a kind of tiktok-esque app ish you know you do little videos, short videos and stuff like that. Triller is actually offering $2,000 a month plus $2,000 in company equity a month to creators, to black creators for, you know, you got to have, there's there's a whole bunch of content rules. You got to post two things on Triller and then you have to post some stuff on some other platforms that, Mention Triller or reference Triller or whatever. So you're basically, you know, this ambassador influencer for Triller, but they're offering 2K in cash plus 2K in company equity. Facebook has, uh, they started this back in August, 2020. So last summer, uh, $25 million black creators program. YouTube has the Black Voices Fund. I think they had about 25, 20 or $25 million. Um, TikTok has TikTok for Black Creatives Incubator. Um, they actually gave 10 creators $50,000 each um, to kind of get their pages popping or whatever. Um, so, So there are a lot of different companies, social media platforms in particular, that are are claiming to you know finally realize the importance and the value that black content brings to their platforms um but again you know is this going to be sustainable will this ask because i looked at um the facebook creators program and the youtube black voices fund they already have closed applications like i don't even know when those applications are going to be open again for people to apply to be in those programs so you know i'm hoping this is not a one and done. Uh, the YouTube Black Voices Fund did say that this was going to be a multi-year effort um, for support of Black creators, and through all these programs, you you also get mentorship and you know support from the platform and, and all these other different things. Um, so you know they they trying, I guess. You know if, if they got this much money to give us, how much more are they giving other creators? Um, that's the other question. But but you know where does this leave us as creators? You know, versus other
1: platforms, right? And you know, you mentioned money. You know, it's not. It's you, you, yeah. You can just say, okay, give us some money or give people money, give out money, mm-hmm. but it. You know, just throwing money at a problem is not necessarily the answer because True. in in this story that you mentioned, uh, one of the creators says specifically they need to do more or in addition to giving out money. They need to do things like tweak their algorithms because many believe those algorithms makes their content harder to find as well as combat unconscious bias. You know, of course, they were speaking out to Facebook, Mm -hmm. YouTube and Twitter, the three that you mentioned, you know, and some of them said, ah, we're working on it. (laughs) You know, so it's kind of like, you know, oh, we're doing this. And it was like, all right, what about this? You know, exactly.
2: And I think when I introduced this, I said title and I meant trailer. So excuse me Triller, for that. Yeah, but, no um, so, uh, you know, trailer, that is the company that actually is doing the verses, right? Isn't that where I know you can see verses on multiple things, but that's one of the that's, primary yeah, platforms for cool. it. So, well, yeah.
1: they, they, they bought the rights to verses from, um, um, Timbaland and, West, and yeah, yeah and, and yeah, so they have the rights to, um, versus and they do the boxing thing so you mm-hmm. hear all these with the, with the paul brothers jake paul and the other paul oh, whatever their guys yeah. when they're fighting logan, these celebrities man. yeah 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 logan paul yeah. yeah uh that's where all those fights happen on Triller. so in addition to doing those it sounds like they want to beef up their you know uh you know regular creators you mm-hmm. know versus trying to pay all this much for this high-end stuff you know they maybe come up with some stuff you know to 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 support
2: the, the bottom half. Right. Yeah, you know, my, my thought was with this is that this company isn't doing this. We're just going to help out black creators. They they're right. expecting a return. It's not altruistic. On, yeah, th- there is a return on this investment that uh-huh. they are, uh, you know, that they are expecting. Um, and maybe they're just forward thinking enough They're like, you know what, this is where the hot stuff is. So let's, let's get it on our platform. Let's get them locked in and maybe we can all make some money, which I don't have a problem with. But, um, I just wanted to, you know, kind of make that clear. This is a for-profit company that is, That's you know, that is trying problem. to do this. And, um, I'm not going to get into the comments. I'm not going to get into the tweets about this. Uh, you know, this week I did yeah, enough of that uh, on our last know. show. But, we gotta segregate stuff? but yeah, I want to oh, go well, ahead and answer some of the questions uh, and pay first.
0: Us what you pay white creators, you can, know what can, I mean? Can, then we won't have to segregate nothing. Can People you, you imagine?
2: Can you imagine That's all super if, Can you imagine if a company set this up for white folks? Yes, we can imagine that. We, right. Here's the thing: it, we it don't have to. Right it's already there. And it exists. It is a thing. So, um, I, like I said, I, this is a company, um, I, I fully expect that they, uh, have a return on their investment in mind on this, but it's still, you know, we, we have to make note to what they're doing this, you know, Everybody's not doing this. It's like you know, you, we didn't read a you know every single uh, social media platform. We read a couple that are doing these type of things, and once again, it's because they expect that well, we want to make a return, um, you know, on our investment. So, like I wow. said, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this, and it's like, eh, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's decent yeah, it's, money. It's,
0: it's something. It's something. I would I want to make a couple points. So, to Terence's point about the algorithm, I was thinking about that because I looked at um, if you're on TikTok at all. At Black TikTok is the official TikTok account for black creators on TikTok. So they they highlight different black creators. It's a verified account. That's TikTok's uh, account that they created to highlight black creators. Mm -hmm. However, that account only has 102.3 thousand followers. Mm -hmm. That's not a lot in the grand scheme of TikTok.
1: You know, mm-hmm. when you
0: got people that literally post sandwiches every day and got you know two point five million followers, so right. you know I'm wondering, and and I do follow them by the way, so everybody listening, go follow at Black TikTok. Um, I'm wondering if that's a function of the algorithm because TikTok is not showing even their own Black creative content to enough people to mm-hmm. to get those numbers up, and you know, will that be the the, the gotcha? that they use to discontinue these programs. You know, supported and and we did all this and we paid all this money and we gave these creators all this money and, you know, we didn't see any growth in their in their feeds and, you know, there was no growth on the platform. And, you know, no one's even following black TikTok. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's just like is, is that a function of the algorithm? Or is, is it a function of us not supporting our own? You know, what is it Probably a little bit of both, maybe. Like, what's really going on there? Um, but also, like, where does this leave fan base and and that other? What was the name of that platform we talked about last week? Black Page or the with the with the brothers, the two African brothers that had that video platform that was like kind of Quibi
2: Oh, You gonna make me go back what and was look.
0: what's the name of that? Yeah, I can't remember the name of that. But but where does this Black leave tag. platforms like yes. that? Black tag, yes. 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 You know, fan base, black tag, you know, other platforms like that. Where does that leave them? If you now do have, you know, mainstream platforms finally, maybe sort of kind of coming around to, you know, understanding the value of black creators, um, you know, is is anybody ever going to be on fan base now? That's that. just my question for you guys.
2: I think that there is always going to be a space for the niche. Um, you know, you, you can always, it's never a bad thing to niche down, um, because that's where you may find your audience. And so I think that there's always room for that. Um, but that being said, I want the biggest platforms on the planet to, uh, you know, to show, you know, representation of folks who look like me, not because, well we're just doing this out of the goodness of their heart no they're doing it because it's good business for them and you know the, these companies need to see that so i don't want to like you know i don't want the you know the walmart effect of this being in meta or being on facebook to happen i'm not i'm not saying that so i so i do believe that there is always room for the niche but no, I, you know, I want to go eventually to the metaverse and see people who look like me. I want to go, uh, you know, to whatever, uh, you know, Google is doing and hear people who sound like me, you know, those are things that I want of the biggest platforms. Um, and you know, if they, you know, the things we always hear about, you know, if, you know, if we, if we ever get it right, we'll eventually get there. Um, hopefully we will, you know, my children will see that in, in their lifetime. Um, but, uh, like I said, I, I don't want, The big platforms to just completely cannibalize, um, you know, the smaller ones. But if that Mm -hmm. were to happen, then they are absolutely doing. Something right because right now the way that these platforms operate it is simply impossible for them to uh, you know cannibalize you know our type of content because if that were the case we'd, we you know you know we would be showcased there um, and that's not necessarily the case for a lot of these platforms so you know so the companies know we have to fix this and like I said this is not just pure altruism they know that they need to fix this because they know that they're losing users uh, we talked about that right. recently Facebook has less African Americans on it now than they did last year this time. Um, that is a problem for them that uh, it, may, it may be a blip in the radar today. But if you have a blip today and a blip next month and a blip the month after that, that's a trend and that's a problem. And they need to do whatever they can do to fix that. So I think this is part, uh, you know, of, of these two companies going uh, you know, towards making sure that they get bigger and they make more money. It's always about that bottom line. Yeah. So, folks, we are. As we always do at the end of our show, we want to uh, showcase an African American in technology. And Stephanie, you're going to talk about Dr. Shirley Jackson in this week's Tech John Spotlight. Why don't you go ahead and take it away?
0: Yes, and and I am and just as a as a precursor, forgive me because I know I'm going to leave out a ton about how amazing this woman is. Um, but I'm going to do my best to kind of just highlight some of her firsts, because she was a a first of of a lot of stuff. Dr. Shirley Jackson is the first African-American woman to receive a doctorate from MIT in 1973 in any subject. She is one of the first two African-American women to receive a doctorate in physics in the United States she is the first African American to become a commissioner of the U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Commission. She is both the first woman and the first African American to serve as the chairman of the U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Commission. Okay, that, I said that twice. In 1995, appointed by then President Bill Clinton, and now she is the first African American woman to lead a national research university. She is also the first African American woman elected to the National Academy of Engineering into 2001. The Honorable Shirley Ann Jackson, Ph.D., became the 18th president of Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute on July 1st, 1999. Dr. Jackson is a theoretical physicist. Since coming to Rensselaer, Dr. Jackson has led the development of the Rensselaer plan, has begun implementation of much of the plan while restructuring processes and procedures, and secured a $360 million unrestricted gift commitment to the university. In 2009, she was appointed by President Barack Obama to the President's Council of Advisors on Science and Technology. In 2016, she was awarded the National Medal of Science for Work in Condensed Matter and Particle Physics, Science-Rooted Public Policy Achievements and Inspiration to the Next Generation of STEM Professionals. She also worked for Bell Labs um, back in the day uh, where she is responsible for a lot of the fiber optic um, technology that we have now, um, a lot of the Fios-type stuff that we're doing right now. So, I mean, like I said, I, I, I am totally leaving out so much about her. like I, I was looking through all of the bios available about her online and they're all just pages and pages and pages long. This woman is absolutely brilliant um, and, and was at MIT at a time when when students did would not study with her, you know, did not want to speak to her, did not want to sit next to her in the dining hall, did not want to have anything to do with her and, and went in there and crushed it uh, like Black Excellence usually does. Um, so I just felt like, you know, she 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 had to be um, highlighted in our Tech John spotlight for for all of those contributions and and the contributions she's still making um, to the uh, STEM um, space today. So Dr. Shirley Jackson.
2: So what you're saying is that in the next dystopian uh, sci fi flick about the end of the world, she is like on the first bus of people who get saved Um, to get put into the art, She
0: probably already (laughs) has created something on her own that can, you know, launch her into her own metaverse. It sounds
2: like she might have drew that up on a napkin or something like that.
0: She's like, let something pop off. I'm out of here. I'm up out of here. I already know the physics of how to get off the planet and and all the rest of that. So (laughs) who knows? knows? And here's the thing.
2: She received her doctorate in 73. And it seems like that is like a long time ago. But I was around in 73 is like I was around and walking in 73. So it's not that long ago that, you know, that, you know, that's 48 years ago that, you know, that she started, uh, you know, down this track. And I'm just like, man, she got all she, she got more degrees than the thermometer. But she she is I'm impressive.
0: In, the credits are ridiculous. Like, like I said, I, I this is probably not even a quarter of, of her bio. This, this is probably like a tenth of her bio. I mean, the, the, the stuff that she did while she was at MIT to, to open the door for students coming behind her, you know, to mentor students, to, to prepare Black students. I, I read, there was one part that I read that she created this, um, well, she created the first Black Student Union at MIT, um, but with that there was a program, I think it was like the EDGE program, that um, was designed to recruit black students and before this program started there may have been three or four students like three or four students that uh, black students that applied to MIT after this program started the very year the program started there were like 47 students that applied to the school so you know she really just like I said kicked in the door waving the four the whole thing um, and and has just been a, a trailblazer um, in in the STEM space you know since since the beginning
2: yeah and today I don't want to say that it's not a thing. It's a thing for anyone to go to MIT. That, that's a thing for anyone—white, black, you know, um, you know, brown—doesn't matter. That is a thing. But um, you know, the work that she's put in makes it a heck of a lot easier for folks
1: who look like us to get Absolutely. there, in, in spite of all the in things. In spite you, of you know all the and stuff the she fact that fight. She's The
0: president of RPI right now. RPI is a very, very good. Uh, STEM school as well on the level of an MIT. It's so like the, the oldest that, in the country, isn't it? Yeah, the idea that she would be the president of that institute at this point. I actually uh, thought about going to MIT and RPI. Um, I don't know if I would have actually gotten in, um, <laughs> Bam fam, you gave me some money, so I was out. <laughs> uh, but those were definitely on my on my short list.
2: So once again, um, a great uh, Tech John spotlight, Doctor Shirley. Jackson uh folks look her up this is an impressive 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 person that uh she should probably you know you know be highlighted in a movie somewhere or something like that I mean she she has got a ridiculous uh you know career behind her
0: we're waiting for the book
2: right so, folks, we are at the end of our show, and as we always do, we want to recognize our patrons who I once again forgot to talk about our Patreon at the beginning of the show. So, folks uh, who who've stayed with us this long, if you're not a patron, you can become one while heading over to patreon.com forward slash the John. And when you, uh, you know, if you become a patron over there, you'll get some additional benefits. For example, the live stream. This is something that we make available to our uh, patrons who are supporting the show. And we are continuing our streak this week. We add Richard or excuse me, Rashard Watson, um, who is a new patron, um, you know, for us this week. So what up, big homie? Um, This is somebody that I know.
1: <clears throat> uh, and, what's that uh, wonderful piece related to Randy Watson? I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> sexual. And we chocolate. got
0: a shout out Starry, uh, uh as well. She's uh, she been riding with us, holding us down.
2: Oh, Seray back on. on. She's yeah, she's Saray in.
0: back on, So shout out Saray I wasn't able to to get in the chat today, um, but just you know, I saw all your comments and, and I appreciate it.
2: Yeah, I I should make it a point to go over there and look more often. But like I said, it's butterflies and bumblebees for me. When I see it, I'm like, "Ooh, look, let me let me read this. And I'll forget that we're actually doing a live show. But thank you, Sarai. We are so honored to have you uh, come and spend time with us as we're recording this little thing called the Tech John. So, Stephanie, why don't you go ahead and uh, kick us off? Tell folks how they can get to you.
0: You can find me all around the web at tech life or you can check out my website at tilldeftyoutweet.com.
1: And you can find me on the internet everywhere at brother tech. That's B-R-O-T-H-A-T-E-C-H.
2: And I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things. So you can hit me there. And also we have, uh, you know, there's there's quite a few folks who are starting to follow uh, the Tech John on Twitter. So you can at the Tech John on Twitter if you want to holler at us or see some of the stuff that we're posting there. We post fairly regularly on uh, Twitter from the official the Tech John or at the Tech John uh, account. So check us out there as well. And that is our show for this week. So until we gather again next week.